We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Heard a lot of the, a lot of that last night at Barclays Center. Big win for the Nets. Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me tonight, the enemy Toronto Raptors fan, Jonathan Ibrahim. What's up, Jonathan? Not much, Nick. Great to be here. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be on your Nets podcast. I'm happy to have you on. Jonathan's great basketball mind. He's going to give us a different perspective on the Nets. So I'm really excited to have him on. Before we talk Nets basketball, though, just remember, you can listen to the Brooklyn Buzz podcast, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and otgbasketball.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at otgnick, post a lot of Nets clips and tweets. And Jonathan, what's your Twitter handle? It's at orashu, uh, A-W-R-A-S-H-O-O. Yeah, definitely give Jonathan a follow as well. A lot of great NBA talk on his Twitter too. But let's I'll give you a quick recap, and then we'll talk about last night's game. You know, obviously on Sunday night, Pulling off a nice home win against the Atlanta Hawks, 116-104. Big games from D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Damari Carroll, Alan Crabb hitting big threes. Tuesday, a bit of a disappointment, 125-121 loss to the Magic. A game that the Nets had to lead in late, but they couldn't control Aaron Gordon, who was lights out, 40-point game. Then last night, the big surprise, 112-107. The Nets beat the Cavs without D'Angelo Russell. Big games from Spencer Dinwiddie. Damari Carroll, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, really exciting night at Barclays Center. But what surprised you the most about last night, Jonathan? Uh, I still haven't picked my job off the floor yet, so I mean, I think that speaks <laughs> speaks to how surprised I was. Uh, you know, watching the game, even though they had a big lead for for large portions of the game, you kind of always had that feeling that oh, the Cavs are all they're going to make a run, they're they're going to come back. Even in the fourth quarter, you kind of thought, ah, okay, well, you know, they'll they'll put it together now and. You know, you've got to give all the credit in the world to the Nets. They they scrapped, they fought, they made plays when they had to. They looked like a like a seasoned veteran team out there. 
Um, Spencer Dinwiddie clearly is picking up some of the the ice water that uh, the D'Angelo yes, has in his veins. Um, so good for them. It was a big team win, and I think those are the types of wins that can have a huge impact on uh, on the rest of your season because the confidence that those guys are going to take into the next few games is going to be through the roof. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I was surprised. I remember talking into going into the week, looking at the net schedule, you know, I was like, all right, we got this win over the Hawks. Hopefully we can beat Orlando. You know, Cavs is going to be a tough game. I don't know if we can win that one. Then I saw D'Angelo Russell's out. I'm like, shit, you know, are the Nets going to pull this one? But like you said, they had that lead all game and you had the feeling, you know, the Cavs were eventually going to take it back. And the fact that the Nets were able to take the lead back after the Cavs did, I thought that was huge. And like you said, Dinwiddie's definitely got some ice like D'Lo, hit some big shots. And like you said, confidence for this team moving forward is going to be huge. And it's just nice to see these young pieces all click and bind Atkinson's system. Yeah, and all the credit in the world to uh, to Kenny Atkinson. <clears throat> he drew up a lot of nice plays down the stretch uh, to put his players in the best position to uh, to succeed, and that's exactly what they did. And I will say this: I listened to a lot of the uh, post post game, you know, press conferences and stuff like that. And a lot of the players said they gave a lot of the coaching staff credit for the win because of the changes they made early in the day, and like you said, the plays they drew up. But this was a great team win. Not only did Spencer Dinwiddie stepped up, but Damari Carroll, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. You know, Alan Crabb hit some big threes. Trevor Booker had a big rebound at the end. It's Is it surprising to see all these young guys and all these kind of misfit pieces really work well in Brooklyn? You know, obviously we're only, you know, a couple games in the season, but, you know, to see them gel early on, is that a surprise? Oh, of course it is. Whenever you have a young team uh, like Brooklyn, and, you know, especially with the number of kind of misplaced parts that they do, you know, uh, Timothy Mozgov coming in, uh, from the Lakers, um, Damari, Car- uh, yeah, Damari Carroll coming in from Toronto. You know, it, it, it's a surprise to see them, you know, looking like even, even looking like a team to begin with, uh, let alone playing as well as they are. But I mean, you've got to give them all credit. They're all buying in. They're all doing what you know, playing their role, doing what they're supposed to do, and it's working for them. So as long as they can, you know, keep uh, keep everything together and, and keep following this road, uh, they're going to have a pretty successful season. Out of, you know, watching the game yesterday and watching, you know, you said you watched a little bit of Nets basketball so far. Who's been the biggest surprise on the court for you? You know, which guy have you been like, wow, I did not expect to see that from him. Anywhere from a starter to a bench player. If I'm being honest, uh, it's Damari Carroll. Um, I, I looked up his stats uh, after yesterday's victory because I, I just couldn't believe how well he was playing. And I almost laughed uh, at how well he's playing because it's, it's he's just not the guy that we saw in Toronto for two years. So he's he's surprising me the most, but I, I I also like to talk about uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and the way he played yesterday. Just the composure that he played with, the confidence that he played with, uh, really not something you expect from at a you know really positive sign for the team going forward. And um, you know, you you really have to take a step back and, and and give credit to to players like that when they put in performances like that because you know it, it could have gone you know one of two ways. He could have crumbled under the pressure of having to lead a team against you know, the defending East champions, or he was going to step up and play big, and that's and that's what he did. Yeah, honestly, like you said, Carroll's been a huge surprise. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, I, he's always a guy I liked, and the Nets caught a lot of hate last year when they elected to cut Yogi Ferrell and keep him. And a lot of people were like, you know, Ferrell's doing so well, but Dinwiddie was such a good system fit in what they're looking for, and they like their long, athletic, versatile point guards. And I think one thing that's underrated about Dinwiddie's game, he's a good defensive player too. He gets length. 
involved in those passing lanes. And yesterday, like you said, you know, he matched up against LeBron. You know, if you look at the starting lineups, it was LeBron at point guard and Dinwiddie at point guard. And he came up big and he hit that ice cold shot in the in the fourth quarter from about five feet behind the three-point line. That was impressive. And this is a player that has been cut. I think he was cut by the Bulls and the Pistons. So for the Nets to kind of bounce on some missed talent and get him to kind of perform the way he has, like I've said on another Brooklyn Puzz pod, I'm I'm comfortable moving forward when Dinwiddie for the Nets backup point guard for the next seven years. You know, he just is, like you said, a composed player and he knows how to handle the situation. Absolutely. And I think part of the reason, uh, you know, the the Nets caught the hate for from uh, keeping Dinwiddie over Farrell was just how well Farrell played when he was in Dallas. But I feel like Dinwiddie would have played just as well, given that kind of opportunity. And I mean, that's, that is how, but that's what he's doing with the opportunity now, you know, uh, with Jeremy Lin out and uh, D'Angelo Russell out, he stepped up and, and he played a, a really great game and he's been solid. He's been solid so far this season for them. And, and you're right. Uh, I, if I was a Nets fan, I would, uh, I would feel very comfortable with Dinwiddie as the backup point guard uh, going forward. And, you know, just one more thing I want to point out, you've got to love the length and height at that point guard position for, for Brooklyn. Yes. It's going to cause massive problems for everybody in the league. And it, it causes matchup problems, but it also helps them out a lot defensively. You know, they're able to switch on so many different things because you have Dinwiddie who can go onto wings and sometimes power forward. So definitely a lot of nice stuff. With I really like the way the roster is constructed in Brooklyn. But moving on to Damari Carroll, a guy that you mentioned, and like you said, it's been it's been crazy to see him play the way he has in Brooklyn compared to his last few years in Toronto. Like you said, it's crazy stats, 15 points a game, six rebounds a game, two steals a game, 1.8 assists. He's getting to the line four times, 47% from the field and 40% from three. Big season so far. Every game, Carroll has had an impact in that game. Even in that Magic game they lost, he was a the reason they almost came up on top. So what do you think is the biggest difference for Damari Carroll this season? Is it health, system, fit, usage, what? Uh, I think it's all of the above. I, I don't want to chalk it up to one reason. And the reason I say that is because uh, his first season in Toronto was a complete disaster. I think he only played about 25 games. He was out with an injury for the almost the entire season. And when that happens, especially when it happens to a player with a big contract, if you your role and play well, you're almost guaranteed to kind of lose out on that role in the future. And I think that's kind of what happened with Damari Carroll. Uh, guys like Norman Powell stepped up. Uh, Terrence Ross before they traded him stepped up and they decided to go with those guys on their you know smaller contracts <clears throat> and to see that they could get the same kind of production from DeMar, uh from from you know reserve players as they were getting from Mari Carroll I think they kind of moved on from him before they actually made the trade and I think that was apparent in the way they used him um he's also very very uh he's a very system type of player he he benefits from being in a solid system the Raptors offense which I've been saying for a couple of years now is is um horrendously inefficient in the way that they score their baskets they run a lot of isolation plays and Damari Carroll is kind of just sitting in the corner waiting for somebody to pass him the ball and you know maybe shoot a contested three so it wasn't really a good system for him now the ball moves a little bit more uh they he, he, he's constantly moving there's a little bit more motion and he's got a lot of open looks and you can see from the percentages he's back to 40 percent, which he hasn't shot from three-point lines since his days in atlanta yeah i think you're right i think it's a little bit of everything i think the relationship with atkinson feeling comfortable you know the system fit and as well i think being healthy he said this season is the healthiest he's felt in years 
And I think on the court, you can kind of tell he looks a little bit more spry. He's definitely very active. And like you said, the ball movement is just helping him get open shots and better opportunities. Even defensively, he's looked better. Uh, and I think, again, that, that goes back to him being healthy. Uh, in Toronto, I know he struggled to defend bigger wing players. And, and, and then he also struggled against kind of smaller, quicker defenders. And I think a lot of that had to do with the shape his knees were in. You have to remember, before he signed that contract, he had that scary injury in the playoffs against Cleveland. So he was coming in hurt. And then he got hurt early. And then that was kind of – that was it for the, his season. And then – he couldn't pick up the pieces in the second season and both sides, I think needed to move on. Yeah. It just felt like you said, it just kind of felt like he was never healthy and never in the right situation in Toronto. And it was like a really exciting move when they signed him. I know a lot of Raptors fans and Raptor media were excited about the potential he could bring because what he did in Atlanta was big. And that's kind of what we're seeing more of in Brooklyn is what we saw in Atlanta. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do all season long. And I'll say this also about him. He's really stepped up as a leader. You know, he's been a great leader for this team. There's a lot of young guys, and having a veteran like Carroll, I think, really helps. Somebody who puts in a lot of work. I think I was at the Nets' home opener, and he was the one that addressed the crowd before the game started. So I think that says a lot, and I think the Nets really like having him around. Yeah, I think I think they've, they, they, they made a really good deal in picking him up. Uh, I think they were just interested in the picks at first, and then once they got this kind of production from him, I think uh, it's excited a lot of the executives in Brooklyn, and, and, and rightfully so. He's playing well, and he deserves all the credit in the world. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this before. The Nets need to win some trades after what happened with Boston. So don't feel too bad on the Raptors side. We still got killed. We're still paying for it too. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's an unfortunate part of history. But I think every play, every team, uh, if you look back far enough, uh, you'll find something that really set them back a few years. But the good news is you look, uh, you look a lot more promising now than you did then. Yeah, a lot of credit to Sean Marks. We'll mention a little bit later. But talking draft picks, the Nets picked this year, the 22nd pick, they drafted Jared Allen. You know, this is a guy going to the season, raw prospect. Not a lot of people expect him to play big minutes this year, but he's already been in the rotation, averaging around 14 minutes a game, five uh, five points, 2.8 rebounds, 5.5 blocks. You know, his athleticism and length has definitely been on display. What's impressed you from Jared Allen? Just the, the combination of the length and athleticism. Uh, we, we talked earlier, and I hadn't seen him play too much, um, but the one thing that stuck out to me was just the athleticism he has at that size and his ability to get off the floor is, is so impressive. And with those long arms, I mean, it makes protecting the rim very easy. So if he can round out his game and give the Nets more excuses to keep him on the floor, he's going to be a really nice piece going forward. Yeah. Like you said, if he can just establish himself, pick up the defensive principles, do enough offensively. One thing about his offensive capabilities, he gives the Nets some vertical spacing. You know, he can get up and finish those alley-oops with his length and athleticism. And he's been working his jump shot in practice uh, he's been working on his three-point shot. We know Kenny Atkinson will let anybody shoot threes. Timothy Moskoff has hit a few this season. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. Defensively, like you said, I think the versatility is going to be a big factor moving forward. There was a play against the Hawks where he switched on a Dennis Schroeder and he shut him down and blocked him at the rim. And that really excited me. I, I don't think he's going to you know, lock down perimeter players all the time. But to see that as a good flash for a rookie, I'm expecting a lot more than I did at the beginning of the season from Allen. Yeah, like I said, I, the way he's progressed so far, if, if you know, I know it might sound crazy now, but if he's starting games by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the Nets really have a, a hole in their roster at the, the center position, and I think that, you know, Jared Allen's kind of the, the remedy for that. Uh, I think if he can develop a little quicker and a little bit faster than what, what we're expecting, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him starting a few games towards the end of the season. 
Yeah, I agree. I think what he provides the team is definitely something different than what the other bigs provide, just with that elite, you know, length and athleticism, like we mentioned. And I think, you know, like you said, it's kind of a weakness on the roster. No offense to Moskov. He does a few things okay, but it's hard to keep him out there for long stretches. And Allen's a guy, like I said, you can switch on the players. And he also recovers very well. He'll close out on a three-point shooter. So I think that's important, especially in today's NBA. Yeah, it gives him a lot of it gives him a lot of versatility uh, defensively. And like I said, he's athletic. So <clears throat> as long as he's able to uh, to round out his game and, and put on a little bit of size without hurting that that uh, mobility, uh, he's going to be a really nice piece for the Nets going forward. And you mentioned this before when we were talking the trades. You know, things look a lot brighter for the Nets from a Raptors fan perspective. You know, could you sense the change when Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks came in, you know, from Lionel Hollins, Billy King teams? You know, can you sense the change in the Nets culture just by the way they play on the court and the way they kind of act off the court? Well, I want to I, I kind of want to start off by saying that I'm, I'm actually a very I'm a big, big Lionel Hollins fan. And, and when he was let go, I, I, I was surprised and, and I was upset. Um, but I, I kind of just realized now that he's just not the type of coach that you want. Uh, developing these young guys and Kenny Atkinson kind of seems like the perfect fit right now uh, and and Sean Marks I mean geez has he ever done a good job in the front office uh, it, it seems as though uh, the Nets fortunes almost uh, flipped on their head the second he he moved in so um, I mean all the credit in the world to those guys they've, they've done a great job they've put together some some really nice deals some nice packages that Sean Marks drafting history looks impeccable at this point uh, so good for them. Uh, the culture change, the culture change is real. Uh, everything looks to be on the up and up in Brooklyn. And I mean, that D'Angelo Russell trade, is that ever, I, and I know, listen, from somebody who's not a, a Nets fan and is speaking objectively, I know how much of a heartbreaker it was to lose Brooke, but did you guys ever get a stud in D'Angelo Russell? I was high on this guy when he was drafted. I was disappointed with the Lakers and the way that they used them, but I think you guys have got a really talented point guard going forward. Yeah, let's talk to Angelo for a bit. You know, obviously he missed last night's game, and that which made it more of a surprise because right now he's the Nets' best player. And he's already hit, you know, some huge shots for the Nets in the fourth quarter. And I think, you know, like you said, it, it sucks to lose Brooke. You know, he's a fan favorite. We love him. But getting a piece like D'Angelo Russell, a young player like that who isn't even close to hitting his peak, and I think one thing that's really impressed me, you know, I knew he had the offensive pop, but his passing has looked great. It's looked like what we saw at Ohio State. You know, his ability to hit guys in passes that, like Karis LeVert has said, D'Angelo sees things on the court that nobody else sees. So I think that's a really nice factor for the Nets. And like you said, moving forward, I, I'm just super hyped about, you know, D'Angelo Russell being the franchise cornerstone. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I think I think for sure he's going to have a, a better career than Lonzo Ball, at least from what I'm seeing. Uh, Lonzo's a good player, but D'Angelo Russell, man, this this kid can play basketball. And one of the things you brought up, which I, I'm glad you did, because this kind of seems to get a uh, hit. This get lost gets lost in the shuff, shuffle a little bit. D'Angelo, when he was drafted, he wasn't drafted to be this scoring first point guard. Uh, this guy's going to come in and drill a bunch of threes. He was drafted as a an, an incredible passer, an incredible playmaker, and he just didn't really get the opportunity to show that in LA. But you're seeing it now. You know, he's close to six assists a game, and I think as he gets more comfortable in their offense, you'll see that number start to climb. Uh, as the responsibility uh, to score the ball is kind of spread out more among the, the, the roster, you'll see him try to get the other guys involved a little bit more, and uh, you'll really see that ability start to shine a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, he's played way better than I even – I think going to the season, you know, we thought he'd have a good year, but he's even playing better than I anticipated. And I think the fact he's completely running the show, it sucks to see Jeremy Lin go down, but D'Angelo's got full control now, and it kind of puts a lot on him. It'll He'll definitely have the games where he has the high turnovers like we've seen, but he's going to get better by the time the season ends. So if you had to put a percentage on it, what percentage chance do you think D'Angelo has at making the All-Star game? This season? Yes. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say – I got see, a better question for you. What okay. What is more likely, D'Angelo Russell making the All-Star game or winning most improved player? I think winning most improved player is more – more possible and the reason I say that is because I expect him to have a big a big season the reason I I don't see him maybe making the all-star team this season is just because of the number of elite guards that we have in the Eastern Conference and I don't think you know the Nets are going to have quite as good of a record as some of those teams and you know teams like to reward winning when it comes to the all-star game so I think he might you know miss the all-star game slightly but I think after this season I mean he's almost a lock to be in the all-star game going forward and I mean I may be wrong he may make the team I, I have no idea um I, I'm, I'm kind of just projecting the east is tough like you said though I mean just thinking about it right off the top of my head you got Lowry and DeRozan and then you got John Wall and Beal and I didn't even mention Kyrie yet or Kemba so it, it's tough to make an all-star game in the east I like the most improved thing too I think that's a little bit more likely and that's kind of a numbers type of award like we mentioned on the award show so i think he'll be able to kind of boost those numbers up especially at the pace that the nets play at it's ridiculous they're averaging the most points in the league right now yeah he and, and a lot of that has to do with d'angelo and the way that he plays uh he, he does so many things so well and i think as he continues to get a little bit older i mean remember we're talking about a guy who's what, how, he's 21 years old right yeah he's 21 turning 22 i mean man at, at his age he's got so much room to improve and he's already looking like a really really good player uh I, I, if i was imagine trading him because you didn't think he was a good leader that that i i find hilarious and, and that's one of the reasons why i um i kind of want to see him succeed because i was disappointed with the lakers and how they played him and how they uh utilized him when he was in la i thought the trade was unfair. I thought the you know the treatment that he received throughout his Laker career was unfair. So I'm glad that he's in a place where he's thriving. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't directly said said this, but it's almost implied is that the Nets want him to succeed more, and they put him in better situations to help him succeed instead of the Lakers kind of put it more on him. Yeah, that's it's, just taking it off from what I've seen and heard. It's yeah, it's it's tough, man, because I think when. When he had the the whole phone scandal, thing, yeah, hurt him a little bit. I I don't think he had the trust of the locker room. I don't think he had the trust of the front office. I think that hurt him a little bit, um, and I don't think he was able to really recover. I mean, I, I think what was what was needed for him was a new start, and I think he found the perfect fit with uh, with Brooklyn. Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm super excited to see what he can do, especially with the rest of the young pieces. Jonathan, thank you for hopping on. And like I said before, you can listen to the Brooklyn Buzz on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and otgbasketball.com. Have a great night. Thanks for having me, Nick. It's always a pleasure, and uh, all the best with your new podcast. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.